Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 142 with my friend, Eshtar. I I was very excited to sit down with Eshtar. She is, um, she will take you off guard with her, her friendliness. Um, and we talked about this a little in the beginning, but she's one of the first people, and when I started graduate school, that kind of reached out and um, started a friendship with me. And so I was happy that we were finally able to sit down and discuss what makes Eshtar Eshtar. So without further ado, I'm going to give you over to my friend, Eshtar. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? When we go back upstairs, in an hour or so, it'll be much warmer up there, and I will have to turn the air back on. Um, okay. All right. Well, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming over and doing this. And um, I mean, really, thank you for doing this because I have to imagine the inner thought process of like whether or not you want to do this because it's, it's talking a it's talking about yourself a lot of people think they don't have anything interesting to say a lot of people are afraid of like saying anything um in any way that could be public in any (laughs) in any form um and those people usually either ghost me or or just you know say maybe forever so (laughs) i appreciate you uh thinking about it and and letting me know yes or no and i'm even more happy that it's a yes so yeah for sure no i appreciate the opportunity i think that this will be an interesting experience yeah yeah (laughs) um (laughs) i normally start out with how i know people okay i know you from school that's where we met Mm -hmm. in our intro to is it intro to counseling oh my god yeah it feels like it's been a long time but it literally hasn't even been a year which yeah. is crazy. <laughs> almost. Almost a year. Yeah, but still. <laughs> that's nuts. Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so about a year ago. <laughs> um, and yeah, we met in the class and we found out a couple times outside of class. And um, you kind of reached out to me. And this was nice. And a note to everybody in my life. Because I... I don't approach people as much as I would like to, because that's scary territory for me. So when people like yourself approach me, I'm like, oh, cool, and in. I can <laughs> like talk to people now, um, which is counterintuitive to, I feel like, how most people think about me. Oh, I, I, yeah. I think actually, I present I'm myself surprised. differently. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, that's interesting. Yeah, I, uh, I'm still learning how to have the confidence that I portray, if that <laughs> makes any sense. Um, Aren't we all? I guess so, yeah. <laughs> it's all levels of imposter syndrome. Um, but yeah, and that was that was great. And I think that that initiation from you is, is why we have um, any sort of friendship today. So thank you. <laughs> and My pleasure. Yeah. And from there, I think we'll go further back in time mm-hmm. and go back to the mystical time. I don't know where I'm going with that, where you're born. And sure. you are born where? So I was born in Frankfurt, Germany. Okay. 
Then you have how many siblings? I have three siblings. Younger, older? All older. All older. I'm the youngest. Um, how long are you in Germany before you leave there? Oh, not very long. Only about six months. Okay. Though I've been back since. Yeah. Yeah. Where you, and where do you go after Germany? So after Germany, we came to the States. We were in... This crazy place. <laughs> We were in Phoenix, Arizona at first. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I, I can't really ask you too much because you said you're like six months old. But <laughs> my first impression is like, you went from like Western Europe to Phoenix. It sounds <laughs> awful. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I've been to Arizona quite a bit because two of my siblings still live there. Well, yeah. So you have a connection to it. <laughs> I would say that. Yeah, it's definitely a change of atmosphere. <laughs> did you end up growing up there or did you move again before you like get to start in friends and school and all that? Um, essentially Michigan, honestly. I think okay. I was about five when I came to Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any memories of Arizona as a kid, like pre-Michigan? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do have like a bit of memories. Yeah, I remember the citrus tree in the backyard of our home. Yeah, you remember and the house too? A little bit, yeah. yeah. And I also remember uh, looking at the dirt when I was a, a child because the dirt would be so dry, it would be in clumps, almost kind of like a puzzle. And I remember lifting it up. Like a <laughs> the, freaking the comic pieces. Book. Yeah. yeah, just just pulling up clumps of dirt. Yeah. <laughs> That's what kids do. Play in the dirt. Um, what do your mom and dad do when you're born, like in Germany? What's mm. going on there? So, uh, as far as my parents go, they moved from Iraq okay. because I'm Chaldean. And my mother, she didn't really work. She was more of a stay-at-home mom. And my father in Germany, he used to be a painter, and he would paint and sell his paintings there. Okay. Um, they were refugees at the time. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. My father used to own an art and antique gallery back in Baghdad when oh, okay. he lived there. And he had a lot of friends who were artists. And he had friends who made carpets and rugs and painted. It's a fun background. Yeah. <laughs> has that, just a jumping ahead, but like, has that translated? Do you think there's a level of like genetics to artistry? Like, do you find yourself a creative person? And do you credit that to like how you're raised or it's just like in your blood or, or a little of both? <laughs> well, it's funny because, you know, it's always like nurture and nature, right? So I, I kind of think it's a bit of both. I would say it's more nurture than it is nature. Yeah. And I definitely am more creative. Yeah. I I sketch mostly profiles. Ooh. And <laughs> That's a tough one. I yeah. stay away from drawing people. Really? At any degree. Oh, really? <laughs> I like drawing eyes. Oh, okay. But you want to add another eye or a nose, like, just get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Profiles. Mm-hmm. That's very specific. Yeah. How long have you been drawing profiles? Now I'm curious. <laughs> oh, I've pr 
probably been doing it for 14 years. Interesting. 15, yeah. Is it just something you just started doing and, and enjoyed? Was it like a class? I've always... It's just such a specific thing. <laughs> yeah, I've always um, enjoyed art and drawing and things of that sort. And I guess I started drawing people from my imagination at first. And then I started drawing profiles of people in my life, including some of my friends. And yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> so dad's an artist and uh, he comes to Germany and you guys come here. I'm curious. So what's the age difference? Like oldest and to you? Oh, for goodness. siblings i believe my <laughs> sister <you> spot. <laughs> yeah i believe my sister is maybe 17 years older than me okay my one brother is 15 and my other is like five maybe four or five yeah so coming from germany phoenix michigan you're five you're gonna start school what is, what's it like growing up? Where did you end up in Michigan? Where'd you grow up? So when we first moved to Michigan, we were in Highland Park area, which is right in Detroit. Yeah, uh, It was a bit of a rougher neighborhood. It was Chaldean town back in the time, but still definitely, uh, I guess I would say more marginalized group of people. And I started out at Greenfield Union Elementary School. Did you, at that, I mean, at that young age, did you recognize, like, marginalized people and rougher neighborhood, anything like that? Or was it just like, I'm in school now, here's other kids? Like, did you have the naivete that kind of comes with being a kid? I would say that there was a bit more naivete at first, but it was pretty obvious, uh, you know, the older I got that... Uh, we were in the ghetto. <laughs> How long were you, what age did you leave that area? Oh, I think it was 13. Okay, so you were there for a while. Yeah. What's that like growing, I mean, tell me about going to elementary school and <laughs> making friends. I mean, was there, I mean, growing up around here, uh, for those of you not listening, uh, <laughs> like northern Oakland County, Michigan, um, you know, diversity is not a strong suit of this area. And when I think of like Highland Park, I imagine you probably had a lot of different people in school with you. I would say primarily in school with me, there were more African Americans and Chaldeans okay. than any other ethnicity. Maybe a few um, like white students, but for the majority, it was Chaldean and and black students. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, more like I said, more diverse than up here. Um, and what did I mean? What role did that play growing up? Like, how was your childhood with friends? And were your siblings around? Because being that much older, were they already like out of the house and gone? Yeah, I pretty much grew up alone for the most part. Okay. And my siblings stayed in Arizona. Okay. Yeah. And what did your parents do when they, when you finally settled in Michigan? Well, my father did several kinds of things. So he was a salesperson. 
Um, I remember he worked on a few plays that were in like Arabic and Chaldean that That's like fun. the, yeah, the community, you know, theater would, group. Yeah. would okay. kind of go check out and stuff. And he also worked with the military. He was a cultural advisor. He did role playing with the military, especially after nine eleven. Yeah. Um, when there was, I guess, a lot more military going to like Iraq and Afghanistan and things like that. Um, and he also taught in a school. He was an Arabic t- school teacher. It's a busy guy. Yeah, my dad did a lot <laughs> of really interesting stuff. What about mom? Mom was mostly stay at home. Okay. Yeah, she studied accounting when she was younger. Um, no thanks. <laughs> Yeah, she's definitely better at math than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I always enjoyed math, and then I took an accounting class. I was like, oh, this isn't this isn't what I wanted to do. <laughs> this is not the math I enjoy. Um, what what is your relationship like with your parents growing up? Kind of being an only child in that respect, and just having them around. It's it's you and them. <laughs> what does that look like when you're a kid? Well. I thought it was really nice, actually. <laughs> yeah, both my parents loved me very much, and yeah, they spent a lot of time time with me and on me, and it was good. And you got to start drawing. <laughs> um, getting into the the worst years of our lives, um, like junior high. <laughs> What is what does that transition look like, and what's your social life like at that point? Have you got a little group of friends? Are you doing any extracurricular stuff in school or anything like that? Sure. <laughs> so, I would say middle school was kind of a change for me because um, even though we lived in Highland Park, my mother pushed for me to be able to go to school in Madison Heights, uh-huh. um, even though we were not considered in district Uh, I ended up going to Wilkinson Middle School Uh and I met a few of my best friends there oh that's good and that was really nice what how did that happen like what do you did you keep friends from there was this something new when you say your best friends I'm assuming they're still around and and what what drew you to those people (laughs) Ah, well, let's see. So I'll draw them profiles together. (laughs) So I would say that some of the students from Greenfield Union did end up coming to Wilkinson as well. Okay. So I did get to see some familiar faces um, and then some new faces. And yeah, I, I am definitely still very good friends with most of the people I was friends with in middle school and high school. Um. I would say that my best best friend, her name was Anna, and Shout she's out to Anna. <laughs> and she's Vietnamese American. Okay. So it was really cool that you know we both came from like I guess different cultural backgrounds. Yeah. And it was really fun being able to share that with her nice. growing up. So. Um, as you become a teenager and now you're at a new school. What are you doing? Like, what's your social life look like? Well, I was always very friendly and I like talking to everyone. (laughs) I was very much extroverted and outgoing. 
And Where do you think that comes from? <laughs> oh, definitely my parents and my cultural background because we were always um, growing up Chaldean. Like we're always very social and always spending time at families' houses and like going to see friends and friends coming to visit us. So uh, constantly surrounded by people. Okay. It's just want to want to be inclusive and social and hang out with people yeah very welcoming <laughs> yeah very hospitable what does that relate to then as far as like what you're doing i mean again like extracurriculars or like did you get into stuff oh well um, yeah so i was going very... to my chemical romance concerts <laughs> i was definitely into music yes i was a big choir nerd not just in church but in school as well amen <laughs> same <laughs> I loved choir. It was so great. <laughs> what? Let's let's branch off on a choir tangent here for a second. <laughs> I did choir till tenth grade. Oh, I did it all throughout, and then I took a voice class in so college. I joined a punk band, and I was like, I'm not in choir anymore. I know. I think that's so cool <laughs> that you did that. Um, <laughs> but I'm curious, like, so there's. There's songs from choir that I will still get stuck in my head oh. and there's no outlet for it because I can't like go to Apple music and download this old, I don't know who composed it, like <laughs> random piece of sheet music that we sang in like seventh grade. And I'm wondering if that, if that happens to you or if there's any songs from choir that you're like, still remember all the words to and maybe oh, yeah. they get stuck in your head still and no <laughs> one knows what you're talking about unless they were in choir too well so i definitely have the thing where the songs get stuck in my head and i'm just like oh okay i remember this song from choir but the thing is is i'm still friends with my choir teacher wow. and we have hung out after graduation and she is a wonderful person and yeah, I've I've been really lucky to still keep in touch with her. So I su I suppose if there was anything I didn't remember, I could just reach out to her and be like, "Hey, uh, do you remember this song?" That's so funny. <laughs> do you see, do you, you get songs though stuck in your head from choir from oh, back yeah. in the day? Oh yeah, just even like just the warm ups, like Dona Nobis, yeah. like. <laughs> Did you guys do any like pop hits at the time? Um, I think we did do a few, actually. Yeah, we did that. We did Disney. We did um, yeah. Lemez. Then middle school. Actually, that was my first solo. Yeah, it was Castle on a Cloud. My first solo was Joyful, Joyful. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. I, choir is such a very specific thing. Like, if you weren't in it, I don't think you understand what it's like to, like, learn choral arrangements for like footloose <laughs> it's like <laughs> what am i doing it's like gotta gotta harmonize <laughs> uh and i'm just thinking of so there's one song that always gets stuck in my head and it was for the guys i think because you know the guys did their ensemble shit and then um <laughs> i think it's called a roven or just roven <laughs> and now that i'm older when i sing the lyrics i realize that it is most definitely about a prostitute in amsterdam <laughs> and i'm just like why were we singing this when we were 13 years old um highly encourage you to look back at some of those lyrics from choir stuff very strange it's an old sea shanty the 
it's clearly about yeah a prostitute in Amsterdam. <laughs> I digress. Um, <laughs> so social butterfly choir music. What else is going on uh, in your teenage years? I mean, a lot of hanging out with friends, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And What kind of music were you into outside of, like, choir? Oh, everything. I guess for, I did have a phase where it was just alternative rock, mostly. Yeah. Elaborate on that. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of emo music and <laughs> just, okay. yeah, 89X. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you go to a lot of concerts at that time or not? I did, yeah. I liked Going to concerts quite a bit. Were your bit. parents cool with that? Yeah, my parents were actually pretty laid back for Middle Eastern parents. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, I mean, certain things they're very strict about. Well, I think, but... regardless of culture, I think uh, when kids, teenagers start going to a lot of concerts, a lot of <laughs> parents are not not always super keen on that. Those crazy concerts, those <laughs> crazy guys with their crazy hair and their loud music. Um, well, that's cool, though, to have laid back parents and. Do you think that was like weird to raise three kids? Like, absolutely. I was just going to say that. I was like, okay, it's probably because I was the youngest. Yeah. So I got away with the most because they were just, I think, done. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like, listen, we, we've done this before three times. Yeah. We're, we're chill now. Do you ever take advantage of that? I, you not knowingly if i did i didn't know <laughs> okay fair enough i didn't know i just yeah it just happened you weren't like slinging drugs or <laughs> oh god <laughs> slinging drugs to the choir director this is the secret life <laughs> um so what is on the radar as you're leaving high school like is the expectation you're gonna go to college and you're gonna do this or what does that look like yeah so I always really enjoyed school and valued education. And I just automatically, um, even like my senior year of high school, I dual enrolled with my best friend. So Was that an expectation in your house or was it just something no. that something you were good at? Yeah. You enjoyed? It was something. Grades were always good? Uh, my grades were okay, actually. Okay. They weren't very good, but they were okay. Okay. But now that I'm in grad school, I'm getting all A's, and I'm yeah, pretty baby. pretty proud of that. Same days. <laughs> hey, <laughs> congrats. Oh, thanks. That's great. All right, back at you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what is the plan? So, I mean, I imagine at 17, 18, you're at the end of high school, You're especially if you're dual enrolled, like there's some mm -hmm. sort of like, and then I'm going to go to college, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be this, and... What does that look like yeah. at that time? So actually, I, when I was dual enrolled, I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to study. And I was a bit nervous at the time because everybody was like, oh, I want to do this and when I go to school. And this yeah. is going to be my major. And I didn't know what mine was going to be. Well, um, Anna and I, we took an intro to psychology course at the time. and That'll do it. <laughs> I really enjoyed it, and I was just like, Anna, I really don't know what it is that I'm going to do. And she's like, well, you're pretty good at this. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, 
Besides, yeah, you know, maybe you can meet your future husband <laughs> in therapy. Oh, no. And she was, yeah. She was, she was like, I think you like crazy guys. So <laughs> you, you'll find Is your there future a story husband. There? <laughs> <laughs> and I was, Do you have some crazy boyfriends in high school? Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. I, yeah, I was just like, haha, very funny. But then I thought about it and I was like, you know, psychology is very interesting. And I've always been interested in people and in the way that they think and what motivates them to do the things they do. And I thought, yeah, this is, this is a good path. Why, why was that interesting to you? People's motives? Yeah. Or was there somebody or maybe even yourself, like in your life that you were trying to figure out, like looking back, like, oh, I think mm -hmm. I probably like that because of this. Well, I would say that I've always been a deep thinker and pretty aware. Um, I, I guess, you know, p yeah, people around me growing up definitely had emotional needs, um, and they needed somebody to kind of hear them out and listen to them. And I've always been that kind of supportive role for different people in my life. Yeah. And Do you find people then reciprocate that to you? Or is that just the role that you take on? So I would say that certain people, they would reciprocate. But a lot of people did not. And it was the role that I had to take on. Well, I'm curious about that phrasing. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? Like you're forced into it. Well, I wouldn't say that I was forced into it, but I would say that looking back, maybe it wasn't as fair. For the people you were comforting? No, I would say for me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would say that it should be a give and take because... General reciprocity is the key to every healthy and good relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is like a difficult thing to learn too. Because uh, mm -hmm. I, I deal with that myself where it's just like thinking about, it's very easy, I think, for a lot of people to think about what you want, like out of a relationship, out of a friendship, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm without really thinking about what you're willing to put in. Mm -hmm. And I think if you reverse that thought process and, and like, Oh wait, am I willing to put in what I want out of it? Then you can really like throw a mirror in front of yourself and be like, Oh, well, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> or you can reevaluate the relationships that you're already in being like, are these serving me? Cause they're not checking these boxes and I'm providing, you know, I'm providing 80% oh, yeah. and they're providing 20. Oh, correct. So what yeah. am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that growing up, I was a bit more anxiously attached. Yeah. Though moving, I guess. Well, we're getting into clinical yeah, terms pretty, now. Yeah, pretty move towards securely attached. Okay. And still a work in progress, right? Yeah. Because we're human and we're always going to be works in progress. Oh, what a bummer. <laughs> we don't we don't just get to a point where we're good. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, I think no. it's lifelong. And I'm I changing think you my know career that. path. <laughs> oh no. I thought it was uh you know, reach the plateau and call it a fucking day. Um, that's that funny. would be nice. <laughs> 
That's where ignorance comes in. <laughs> I'm good. Um, <laughs> I'm just perfect. <laughs> yeah. No need for improvement here. Um, I'm curious about the psychology thing, too. Did you get your bachelor's in psychology? I did, yes. Okay. So psychology has always been interesting, but it's very scientific, mm-hmm. right? Um and whereas like counseling, like what we're doing now and going into feels more um, experiential and it, it feels more, I guess, hands-on than psychology where it's like papers and methods and procedures and numbers and tables and statistics. And it's like, because <laughs> uh, that was my original plan too. And, but after like, intro and then i think maybe developmental psychology once you start getting into like abnormal and stuff and it's just like Mm -hmm. oh i don't know if this is what i want to do for my undergrad (laughs) (laughs) um and that's i mean that's me obviously but i'm curious what your take is on on that and like if there were any not necessarily regrets but like getting halfway through the program for your bachelor's i mean like Ugh. <laughs> like was that did that happen? No, actually I I actually disagree with you. A well bit. fine then, let's fight. <laughs> let's Well, I would say that for me, psychology was very hands on as well. And I think that I mean, whether I have you know, obviously we're pursuing a master's in clinical mental health counseling, but if I was pursuing a master's in psychology, I would still be able to be a therapist yeah and i think that that's totally fine like i i actually enjoyed it well what so what makes you pick clinical mental health counseling over psychology Hmm. with the with that mindset that just to throw your own words back sure Uh, i would say that the reason for that was because the psychology master's program at ou is more clinical or not clinical, more um, research-based, yeah. as you were, you know, mentioning, and not as much therapeutic-based. Yeah, and that's why I decided on the master's in counseling. Yeah, I feel like that's, and that that, that doesn't surprise me at all, just because that's how I think of psychology. Is psychology is like the research part of it. Well, research is important. I'm not. No, for sure. For, absolutely. Yeah. But that's not like, that's not what I learned. <laughs> yeah. But no, it, uh, it helps with, with therapy. Don't you think? Yeah. But I don't need to be the one doing the research. Correct. <laughs> so, Just reading the articles. Right. Yeah, that's where, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> so that's why if I'm picking between psychology and something else, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to be the one doing that stuff. <laughs> so I'm going to go over here where I can take what's already been done and learned sure. and apply. Um, sure. But with psychology, you could do either or, right? Yeah. I mean, you can make that argument for social work too. And oh, correct. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I would argue just cause you can do something with a degree doesn't necessarily mean like, I don't want to say you should, I don't want to like shit on people's decisions, but <laughs> You know, um, I, I have a friend that is in a social work program mm-hmm. and wants to do the same thing that I'm going to do. Sure. And we talk often and compare, like, what class is you in and what are you learning and blah, blah, blah. And, like, 
Yeah. The actual counseling aspect of it doesn't like where we have these interactions and role plays and skills class and like Mm -hmm. talk about different theories of counsel. Like our program is fucking counseling full speed ahead. 110%. Yes. Whereas the other programs, that's an aspect of it, but it's not a large aspect of it. But then when we all graduate, we can all do the same job. And that's concerning to me as a client. Like when Mm -hmm. I seek out a therapist, I'm not picking a social worker. Mm-hmm. If you have a master's of social work instead of an LPC, I don't want to see you. And that's <laughs> not th- and I, to each their own, but that's my preference. Yeah. Because I, I know what that education looks like. And I'd rather have someone that like really has all the tools available and uh, has been trained on those tools to absolutely. pick like what kind of works best. If that makes sense. Oh, it does. And I, I can... get fired up about this topic. <laughs> no, I can agree <laughs> with you based on your arguments. You're <laughs> correct. Good job. I'm intimidating. <laughs> um, what's, uh, I, I'm going to stop ranting, but so going back, you're dual enrolled, you graduate. Uh, mm-hmm. OU is where you get your undergrad. No, okay. actually, I um, lived in Tampa, Florida for about five years. And oh, man. I had my undergrad at USF, University of South Florida. What is the, what is their mascot? The Bulls. The Bulls? Oh, yeah. That's, that's not one of the fun ones. There's so <laughs> many fun ones in Florida. I had a bunch of Miami Hurricanes gear when I was growing up. I think just because my dad lived in there. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> When I look back, I'm like, I didn't even know that was a college, let alone a team. Um, When do you move to Florida? I moved in 2011. But like right out of high school? No, actually. So what happens right out of high school? So I I go to, um, it's funny. So I went to OCC (laughs) for a bit. My alma mater. Yeah, Uh (laughs) I love OCC. Hell yeah. (laughs) OCC gets talked about on this podcast more than I think any other fucking school. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, well, OCC, and then I went to OU. Okay. And then I did the Disney College program. Can you, for the love of God, please elaborate on that? (laughs) What is that? I'm going to jump backwards eventually, but please tell me what the Disney College program is. Uh, It's a thing where you can actually go work at Disney World for a semester. And I did. Why? How? What's the application process? Does Mickey sit in on your interview? So, uh, essentially, yeah, like... These recruiters come to universities and colleges and they're just like, you know, would you like to spend a semester at Disney? You can also take some classes for credit. I'm sorry. Time out. I've been at OU for two years. I've never been offered to go to fucking Disney World. Um, I object. I guess, What's my tuition paid for? I guess the uh, right place, right time <laughs> That's so for funny. me. Was it? related to anything were they just like in a room with a bunch of other people and you're like oh disney (laughs) yeah i guess they were just kind of there and i was i talked to them because of course i talked to everyone and they're like yeah you can go live in orlando for a semester and work at disney so i did what's the (laughs) trade-off 
do you like what do you, what do you get in return so like i said if you wanted to you could take some classes and get some credit courses and they were free okay um but i personally didn't do that i just went for the experience just to work at disney just to work at disney well i'm just thinking yeah. like is it free help for them because they're going to pay for something else and then you work for free or was well it... no they actually pay you okay that's uh, good. it's not much <laughs> it wasn't much but well, disney's I could... a small company they don't have a lot of money right. to so give to people. just a tiny company no <laughs> one's known for no one's even heard paying of well <laughs> but um yeah and i got Podcast to i got to play i got to play in the parks as much as i wanted that's exciting it was fun I haven't been to Disney since I was a wee lad. <laughs> oh my God. Um, What's your favorite park in Orlando? I can't even really remember being at Disney. Mm-hmm. I have one very tiny memory of like running towards one of, I'm sure, many stores that are just like, it was at nighttime, we were on our way out. And like by the exit, there's this giant store that's just, you just see stuffed Mickey's. <laughs> in circles and i was like yeah just ran towards that wanting to buy everything um but i've been to universal a number of times i've actually never been see i liked universal a lot Um, i want to go i want to go to harry potter world and then is mgm still around i don't think mgm exists anymore but that was that was cool too Mm -hmm. um because you know disney's one thing but I don't think I ever was a kid that was like, okay, this is a cartoon. And then in real life, I'm like, oh, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I, and I don't know what my little kid brain thought. <laughs> but looking back, I don't recall ever seeing anything in real life and thinking it was in any way possibly the thing that I saw on TV if the thing on TV was a cartoon. <laughs> So like seeing like Snow White or something all dressed up or like Goofy in a big fucking costume, mm-hmm. I'd be like, that's not, that's not that. <laughs> but Universal and MGM, like it was a movie shit. Like you do the Back to the Future ride and Indiana Jones and like, these are all real movies that you can watch. And then you're seeing this stuff in front of you and it's just hmm. uh, the mummy. So, like, was, So you haven't been to like Hollywood Studios or Epcot or Animal Kingdom? Epcot. Yes, but that was long, 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 long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Hollywood did not exist when I oh. went to Disney. Oh, that's where I worked, actually. Okay. Yeah, I was in Hollywood Studios. Yeah, I want to go there for like all the Star Wars shit that's there now. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. They used super to have a... expensive. It's so crazy expensive. <laughs> like, looked into it because there, there was a Star Wars thing that they now are shutting down because no, because it was so expensive where their hotel is like a spaceship. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, And so like you stay on a ship and then you can go into the different like cantina bars and stuff like that and the Millennium Falcon and everything. But your Mm -hmm. hotel is actually like a spaceship. Um, That's pretty interesting. Crazy expensive. (laughs) And I imagine cost a bunch to make and now they're shutting it down. (laughs) And it's only been like a few years. I'm sure COVID had something to do with that. But Anyway, Disney, that's so funny and random. And like, (laughs) who are these Disney people are like, go out to go out to universities, recruit people to come work here. (laughs) 
are we going to give them college credit? Maybe it doesn't matter. Get those kids here to work. <laughs> like what? It's such a strange thing to me. Um, it was really fun. And I actually made some lifelong friends from there. I'm sure. Yeah. My initial <laughs> thought though was like with all the singing, like, oh, this is choir related or something. No. But now it's just some fucking Disney guys in a ballroom you ended up talking to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, That's pretty much my life. It's and of course, like... you made lifelong friends there because yeah. people that go and do that, the love for Disney, the uh, there's there's a podcast called Flightless Bird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a shameless plug for a podcast that I'm not getting paid to plug. But uh, this guy from New Zealand is doing all this like uniquely American shit and, mm-hmm. and reporting about it. And he has two episodes, I think on Disney adults. It's just adults that just fucking love Disney and like go to Disney regularly and, and have this whole adult relationship with Disney. <laughs> and I think if you're anywhere in that category and someone else says, yeah, you guys are going to be fucking friends. Cause that's a pretty unique thing to have in common. Um, <laughs> And also just the idea of working there. Yeah. Because I imagine it is a little magical because everything's yeah. made that way. I Actually, it's, yeah, it was pretty fun. And I really like that. I mean, obviously you got thousands and thousands of people that you're, you know, yeah. helping every single day. And yeah, it's really cool because where I worked, I worked at Toy Story's Pizza Planet. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah cute we had the like claw machine with the aliens it was adorable Um, you know there were times where it was like the end of the day and you know people would come in and we'd be closed and everything and we'd still you know we'd talk to our boss and they'd be like oh yeah like make some pizzas for the whole family feed the whole family and you know just throughout the day we'd give like kids like mickey mouse rice krispie treats and just like be able to kind of make their day special that's the whole goal right yeah absolutely yeah disney so okay so okay rewind oh yeah go please all right so did the disney college program in orlando had a great time um and then yeah decided i was going to move to tampa and i was going to apply for school there so i transferred everything can i ask real quick before we go to tampa sure what what was why OCC between OU and high school? Just because when you said you were dual enrolled, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, so like, was that just a financial thing or do you have to get some prereqs out of the way? Well, I figured uh, it was more financially sound. And of course, you know, you want to get as many credits as you can that you could transfer yeah. over to university. Yeah. So that's why it was OCC before OU. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I went to USF and got my bachelor's in psychology. How much did you, I mean, what was the antithesis? Is that the right word? To go finish school in Florida instead of just finishing your degree at OU? Wow. Well, Were you like, Disney, <laughs> you've convinced me. <laughs> Um, this muggy swamp is where I need to be. 
Well, I guess I would say that I had a bit of a taste of freedom mm-hmm. of living out away from my, you Were know. Were you living at home for all of OCC and OU? Yes, I ah, was. So it was my first is. time. It was my first time living. So shit not... got real crazy at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So I guess at that point I was like, you know what? I think I would like to go to a university that's not at home. I would like yeah. to you know, continue seeing what it's like to experience life outside of home. Get the full experience. Yeah. And it was a completely different state. So no one really knew me. Yeah. So it's actually a way to reinvent yourself and your life if you want to. Tell me about that. Yeah. Like when you get there and, and that mindset. Yeah. So I, you know, I have plenty of people in my life that I grew up with here that I love and value um but also when i was growing up i was bullied a bit and so well all right then yeah what were you what like what how when (laughs) (laughs) when how what where why (laughs) all the important questions um yeah so uh i would say that well a little bit here and there i mean in elementary school and middle school, a little bit in high school. But also I was very friendly and I talked to everyone. So I had a lot of friends at the same time. So I guess I had a bit of a balance. <laughs> and yeah. That's a, that's a nice way of, of looking at it. <laughs> it is a nice way, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> really dismissing those shitty kids. <laughs> I mean, I think we can all be shitty yeah. at one point in time in our lives, yeah. right? It's part of being human. It Once is. Once in a while, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, everyone. Me included. <laughs> yeah. How did you... Uh, throw the timeline out the window. How did you cope with that as a kid? Well, I think, you know, just being with friends and uh, obviously escapism, right? There has to be a bit of escapism. So I'd read a lot. I was oh, yes. a big reader. Yeah, that's what I was... Yeah. Wondering what your so, what yeah. your escape was. Yeah, reading music. Music yeah. was always big, performing, you know, choir and stuff. Focusing on that, focusing on things that I enjoyed, that kind of helped me. Yeah. Yeah. Was that part of the reason you switched schools or was that just your mom wanted to do that cuz uh other reasons? Um, I think that was probably part of the reason. Okay. Yeah. So your family knew that you were getting bullied too. Yeah, okay. my mom for sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just curious. Yeah. <laughs> Plays a role in who we are. <laughs> Absolutely. So, going back to Florida, then recreating yourself, new identity. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. It was different. It's kind of like, yeah, uh, you you can start fresh and kind of play a different role if you want to, and it was fun to play around with different roles because I kind of feel I'm the kind of person who can take on many personas and I've always been a bit of a chameleon. Yeah. Social chameleon. I have theories on that. Yeah. Oh, I would love to hear them. <laughs> um, well, I, and, and that's, it's all my own personal experience. So it's all projections, but I, I fancied myself quite a chameleon. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like I was in a punk band and going to like, keggers with jacks and like all this all the spectrums because like i was the funny guy yeah um 
but looking back, what that really, what that really was for me was like, I didn't have an identity. Mm-hmm. I just conformed myself into whatever I needed to be to get accepted and validated by the people I was around at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, which for me is very unhealthy. <laughs> it like took me decades to figure that out. Um, and so I'm wondering in your own, because since you bring up the chameleon, like mm-hmm. what does that mean for you and your identity? Sure. So uh, first I would like to say that, you know, while for you, uh, you view it as something unhealthy, maybe because you did it a bit in well, it excess. Was a pro- it was or... for protection, you know, mm. which is in some way, I mean, anything you do to protect yourself in some ways that's healthy, even mm-hmm. if it's an unhealthy behavior, yeah. it's just like recognizing when it no longer serves you, are you still doing it? Sure. Um, yeah. So for me, actually, I didn't really view it that way. Yeah. I kind of saw it as I can get along with so many people mm-hmm. and I have a wide variety of interests because of it. And so did you, I kind of think that, like I'm able to kind of have all the different personality types and all the different interests and it's just who I am. Like yeah. I've always liked most things in life. Yeah. So I was just able That's to cool. relate to people and more kinds of people. Yeah. And I guess, now i'm thinking we're thinking of different things <laughs> oh maybe well because i when i think of like chameleon i think of it as changing who you are around other people um instead of having a more like universal personality that just you can be around you can be you can hang out with whoever um where i don't know what that would be called but well i think that a part of that is being a you know, for me, having the different experiences because I'm a third culture kid. Yeah. Because I've always, since childhood, had to be a part of two different worlds. So being a part of two different worlds, just like naturally, <laughs> I can be a part of a hundred different worlds. And yeah. I know how to adapt and kind of shift and move while still being true to myself yeah. in a way. So if you had to build a house mm-hmm. on one of those worlds, which world would it be? Oh, what's what's Ashtar's world? <laughs> yeah, you see, that's that's also the part of being a third culture kid. It's like you feel like you can kind of fit in everywhere, but also you don't really belong anywhere. Yeah. So for me, I guess it's kind of <laughs> there's that theory of like nothing truly matters. So therefore, everything really matters. Right. So for me, I'm kind of like. I don't know, citizen of the world. I like everywhere yeah, and nowhere at the same time. I guess you kind of pick and choose. And yeah, I mean, I like being able to weave in and out of groups and cultures. And I've, I've picked up many skills over the years yeah. because of it. For sure. Yeah. Adaptability. It's a great trait. And um, so they say. <laughs> <laughs> What uh, what does it look like being on your own, not having your parents, being in another state on the <laughs> opposite side of the country? 
Yeah, didn't look too bad. I mean, <laughs> I worked full time and I went to school full time and then I'd hang out with friends. Did you like immediately sink into kind of like a disciplined lifestyle in that way? Or like, yeah, yeah, I would. And did you act out at all? <laughs> You're like, freedom, ha ha. <laughs> um, not really. Honestly, I think uh-huh. I, I was just kind of, yeah, just disciplined for the most part. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> good. I mean, good for you. Um, so what? It doesn't make for interesting material, but oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's very interesting because it says that says a lot about your parents, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because you get the people that are constantly. Uh, I've interviewed so many people with strict parents. Yeah. That when they get out on their own, they drink too much, flunk out of college, sure. get, like get into drugs, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Um, because like, well, it's because... like wind, 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 and then let them go. And then go, Wee! Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, I think my parents were a lot more yeah. chill and but laid back. See, and let I, that be a lesson for worked. parents. <laughs> it works. Just chillax a little bit, man. Um, so what's life like in Florida? And are you in school the whole time you're there um the first year i just worked because i had to be considered in-state tuition got it and then yeah i was pretty much in school and just worked and went to school i think i took a few of the summers off just to kind of relax a bit and have a bit of a break um yeah went to beaches a lot and went dancing what part of florida um, or you said Tampa? Tampa, but okay. I explored all over. I was in, you know, obviously Clearwater Beach is the yeah. one that everybody yeah. goes to and yeah, knows. My wife goes to St. Pete's for work yeah, all was, the time. <laughs> oh, and there's there's actually a really great museum at St. Pete. Oh. And it's the Salvador Dali Museum. Oh, really? I love that museum. I think I've been there five or six times. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, the Salvador Dali Museum. It's really great. Um, I'm almost annoyed that i didn't already know that because there's <laughs> been a couple occasions i've been able to tag on to my wife's work trip if, if possible and mm-hmm. i would go there just for that nice that's awesome yeah and you know i explored you know the everglades i've been to of course south beach i've been to naples florida and a little bit all over yeah yeah just really Exploring explored yeah at gators <laughs> oh yeah i definitely i think i walked by a few gators and i yeah. was like oh that's a gator <laughs> let's walk in the other direction yeah. and i'm like okay just a gator in the wild um before we leave florida <laughs> <laughs> i'm curious if you give me two things sure one what's the worst experience you had at disney <laughs> oh okay mm-hmm. and then I'll, we'll go we'll go to the next one after that okay <laughs> Hmm, my worst experience at Disney. This is probably bad, but like, I don't think I had a bad experience. What? Oh, wait, hold on. Maybe that I, really miss, a maybe I missed my bus or something. <laughs> All right. All right. Like, I was hoping maybe you got in a fist fight with Goofy or something. Oh, um, wait. Okay, hold on. I guess the worst <laughs> experience would be that I didn't make much money. So, and we lived at the the dorms there for the college program students specifically i had five other roommates 
It was three bedroom, three bathroom, and it was two girls per room. And my roommate was just terrible at the time. Bummer. Yeah. Kind of locked into that too, huh? Yeah. And then (laughs) it's like, you don't make much, so it's like... You know, you have to pay the rent, which was cheap at the time, but still, it's oh, like... you don't even get the lodging? No, you don't. What is the draw of this program? <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was literally just to play at the parks, <laughs> just to have fun. So funny. And have people go to Disney. All right. I think you get some... We got, like, free passes for people, and, like, you just bring people and have fun. All right. The other one I was going to ask you is for, give me a Florida story. Something uniquely Florida that happened when you were in Florida. Oh, God. Okay. So (laughs) after a hurricane. Sure. (laughs) That's the best way to start it, right? Uh, There is a road. Oh, God. Bayshore. Okay. And it was so flooded that dolphins were on the road. What? Yeah. <laughs> there was a dolphin found on the road because <laughs> it was just that flooded and very wild. deep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, my dad lived in Florida. Mm-hmm. And when I'd go visit him, it would all sometimes flood. Sure. Um, there's a canal at the end of the road. So they would, they got a gator once. Mm-hmm. And then one year... Because he had a pond in his front yard, mm-hmm. and the neighbor had a pond in his backyard. Mm-hmm. And one year it was raining so much that we canoed between ponds. Because the <laughs> yard was so flooded, we could literally canoe across the yard. But isn't that kind of fun? That's insane. It's, I feel Florida's like... a crazy place. I feel like those are good instances of chaos. Yeah. It's also the first place that's going underwater when the ocean It rise. sure is, <laughs> and that's why I decided not to purchase a home down there. And there you go. So, yeah, what brings you back to Michigan? Friends, family, home. All the all the good check boxes there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Came back and honestly I don't think I'm gonna stay. Oh. Yeah. A turn. Yeah, so <laughs> uh I would say that my experience moving to Florida and living there, well, I started to kind of explore and like visit the different cities and stuff, that really sparked my passion for travel. And Since then, I've been to about 30 states and 12 countries. Wow. And Since you came back from Florida? Yeah, essentially, like, since I was living in Florida and started exploring. So the last, like, six or seven years or something? Yeah, that was very big, like, travel years for me. And I think, yeah. That's a big list for that amount of time. Well, I would say actually longer than six or seven years, because I moved there in, in 2011, right? So, yeah, it's been, what, 12, well, and then you, 12 years? Yeah, I guess I thought, I thought you meant when you came back till now. No, while I was there, I explored a few places as well. Okay. Yeah, just the nearby states and stuff like that. Favorite locales that you've been to? Mm. Internationally or? Across the entire world. Oh, okay, I really loved Japan. Okay. Uh, the food is phenomenal. The people are great. But I would say Venice, Italy was my favorite. Ooh. Yeah. It, there's just no city like it. Yeah, because it's underwater. Yeah. <laughs> there's a pattern here I'm yeah. sensing. Oh, wait a second. <laughs> Scotland was really great, too. Yeah. I was in Edinburgh. That's got to fun. see Edinburgh Castle, which was nice. What about domestically? Oh, let's see. So 
I love Colorado, Washington okay. State. Any particular place in Colorado? Boulder. Like, okay. Yeah. Boulder has a lot of yeah, very are... different places in Colorado. Sure. So I've only been to Denver and Boulder. Okay. But I would say Boulder over Denver any day because Denver is just more like a downtown city and yeah. not too much to look at. But Boulder is hipper. Yeah, it's a little bit more vibe, I guess. Yeah, for sure. That's the <laughs> only word. Yeah. To they be don't used. put it in a song because it's not that way. <laughs> um, so, what makes you decide, I'm going to go get my master's? So, after I graduated with my bachelor's and moved back, I worked as a case manager for about four years. Doing case manager for what? So I case managed with the refugees. So refugee resettlement. I also case managed at Michigan Works. And then How I many worked... languages do you speak? Fluently or not? <laughs> Let's start with fluently. Fluently three. Wow. Yeah. Showing all of us <laughs> losers over here with our just English. <laughs> that's uh, that's impressive. Well, I'm sure you know a little bit of Spanish, right? <sighs> Enough to make me look like an asshole. <laughs> that's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> when I get my check at a restaurant and go, gracias. Um, that's what was the draw? Was it just like your family, your experience that you wanted to help refugees? Like what was that? The draw to that? position yeah so um definitely you know personal history and just the world i grew up in like so many different keldian families were yeah. here as refugees and stuff and yeah also you know i had the skills i had the language ability i had the degree and i was like you know what i'm gonna go for it yeah and i did and That's awesome. i my first um case management job was the catholic charities of southeast michigan and I did refugee resettlement there. So I would actually um, go to the airport and pick up the refugee family or individual and greet them yeah. and take them to their lodgings. And I would, oh, God, we used to grocery shop for them to make sure they had, like, food when they first got here. Yeah, um, yeah set up housing. Uh, we would en enroll the children in school, make sure everybody got their vaccinations and everything they needed to their i-94 paperwork and just kind of helping them like understand like what life might be like now yeah that they're here in a new country and well yeah when you told me to so break the fourth wall like we've had this discussion before but <laughs> when you told me that like the first thing i thought of is i saw a documentary where there was like this guy that um, when people got out of long-term prison sentences, mm -hmm. he was the one that picked them up and would like would bring them their first set of clothes since they got out of prison and like mm -hmm. then kind of take them to their new place and, and assimilate them to like what society's like now. Cause they've been in there for like 20, 30 years. And this person like does this whole speech about how like I'm the first impression of like what things are going to be like here. Correct. Like outside. And I, thought about that immediately because i was like i imagine when people you're fleeing your home country like mm -hmm. for a lot of times just what you believe in mm -hmm. and then you're sent to this place which depending on what you watch on the news might be like a scary place to come to um and so then you're that first person that's just like 
you you can really talk about first impressions that feels like a high pressure situation in some ways <laughs> and also like a, a very privileged situation to be to have that honor to kind of put people at ease at a time when they're probably like highest stress you can be yeah absolutely well all right then is that i mean like is that spot on is that similar as far as how you felt and looked at it and well i would say a lot of what you said is you know pretty spot on yeah they're i'm the first face and the first person they talk to they have a lot of questions and i answer it to the best of my ability um but also there were people who kind of had this uh you know, American dream kind of fantasy in their brain yeah. where they're just like, we're in America. Everyone is rich here, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the flip side. And <laughs> we don't think everyone's mean and racist. We think everybody's rich and every, all I have to do is buy an iPad and we're good to go. <laughs> and so land of the plenty. And yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I had to explain. I was like, listen, everybody works really hard here for the most part, unless you're part of the privileged class which is a very small percentage of people yeah. and um, some might say the one percent <laughs> <laughs> yeah some might yeah. Yeah. it's growing smaller isn't it or the gap is getting bigger the gap is widening, it's yeah. widening. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah that's a and so so how what does that transition look like to where you're like that is a decision maker for you to go get your master's yeah, so um, I really loved uh, working with the refugees, uh, refugee resettlement. And then at the time, Trump became president and he put the ban on Syria and a lot of other Middle Eastern countries. Yeah. So we stopped receiving um, refugees. And so the program shut down for a number of years, actually. It's crazy and, to think about. Like, mm -hmm. That's one of those things that happens that... I mean, I can't speak for everybody, obviously, but like that, I, I didn't agree with and, mm -hmm. but you don't see, most people don't see that impact. Sure. But then you're like, literally, like, literally that's what I do. And mm -hmm. <laughs> you saw like, you saw it stop. Yeah. God. Absolutely. And then I, yeah. So after that, I uh, worked for Michigan Works for a few years, uh, ended up being a case manager there and I would help people gain employment um, yeah, and, um, ended up leaving there and to work, uh, at United Community Family Services, Chaldean American Ladies of Charity, in which we were also serving the refugee population. Um, and we had a lot of different programs. I ran a few different programs, such as, uh, with Delta Dental, uh, mm -hmm. I worked with, a Chaldean dentist and we presented to a lot of the elementary and like high schools and I also worked at a for a um, mother's educational health program as well and we held that at the church and I would hold hold the program in Arabic because um, a lot of them that was their primary language yeah. um, I worked we we had a food pantry um, yeah, there was quite a few programs that we had. Uh, there was a women's empowerment and employment program in which I was helping women gain employment. So it was a bit of a crossover. It's very admirable, and I assume this is due to your upbringing, but like 
everything you're talking about is you giving back to your community. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and and I mean, is that what that's from? Like, that's what you saw growing up and you're like, this is just what I do. Or was there a different underlying desire there? Hmm. Well, I guess, yeah, I, I have always liked to help and maybe it, Maybe it stems from the anxiously attached, you know, part where it's like you give and I guess, I don't know. Uh, I guess I've always just kind of been drawn to that kind of thing. Yeah. I think that helping others is important because we all need help sometimes. Yeah. Which brings us to (laughs) deciding to be a therapist. Yeah. So... (laughs) While I really loved, you know, doing case management, I did notice a pattern over the years, and that was that case managers are usually overworked and underpaid, and there it's is a such a thing as theme in our country. Yeah. yeah, such a thing as case manager burnout, and I was just burned out, and I was like, I don't think I could do this for the rest of my life. Yeah, and I was like, you know what, I want to still help people. And I want to be able to really help them because, you know, with a lot of case management programs, it's nonprofit work. So there's a lot of, you know, grant funding. And so you have to meet the numbers. Whereas for me, I just really wanted to help people and make an impact without having that over my head of turning the person into a statistic. Yeah. That's not what you were doing it for. Correct. Yeah. So, leave that and go to school. Let me, let me pay some more money for education. Yeah. And I, I came full circle. <laughs> I was supposed to get my bachelor's at OU, but didn't. Yeah. And now I'm at OU. I'm going to get my master's. So being pretty much current, I'm curious what, uh, I mean, what first, what's your plan then? Like private practice specialize in ABC. Like what's, What do you want to do once you graduate? So I'm really hoping to open up a private practice as soon as I graduate. Okay. If I'm able to find somebody to mentor me while I'm doing that. Yeah. Or maybe I'll do a bit of both, right? Open up a private practice while working for someone else until I build clientele. And I suppose that specializing in like third culture kids as well as you know middle eastern people in general like being able to speak arabic and surith fluently i feel like i could still help my community and uh, i think i would work really well with people who you know haven't spent their entire lives in the states maybe came here later on in life or like i said third culture kids who grew up here but maybe had a different cultural upbringing in their homes because I could definitely relate to that. And yeah. Side note. Cause I just thought of this. How does that, do you have to deal with any, or did you, when you were growing up, like any citizenship bullshit? Cause you came over after you were born. Yeah. So actually I was not a citizen anywhere until 20 well, something. Wow. Yeah. So 
I was born in Germany, like I said, yeah. but Germany has different rules. It's not like America where yeah. if born you're born here, here you get it. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't have a citizenship anywhere. I had a green card. I was a, a permanent resident. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I like to say I'm a citizen of the world. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I... Um, I did apply for citizenship several years ago. Um, it was actually after Trump became president, and then the ICE raids started happening. So ICE did go to the Chaldean church and went to a few of the Chaldean uh, markets and stuff, and they were rounding up people, I heard. And that really, that kind of frightened me a bit. That's fucked up. Yeah. Do you, were there people like in your community that, that were like deported? that you know of you know i believe that the people who were deported were just people who had like felonies and things like that which mm -hmm. was good you know it wasn't mm -hmm. like just sending back whoever um it was it was just people who like had like really extreme cases yeah. against them well you That's know still a scary there's thing to yeah i was gonna say that there's still like an argument of like you know should they have been deported or should they have been able to stay especially if they spend most of their lives here and then they're put in a country where maybe they don't know the culture or understand it as much yeah. after being raised in this culture yeah. um so I would say, like, that's definitely, like, an ethical thing that, like, we would have to kind of perceive based. <laughs> that's a different podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say that's going to be, like, a person-to-person type of situation. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, that was a little frightening. So I definitely applied for my citizenship at that time. Um, yeah, I was just... I think I was working at Michigan Works. I had just purchased a home, and... Funds were so tight, and, like, I think I started a go... Or, no, my one of my good friends, she started a GoFundMe account for me. And I had so many wonderful people, like, just friends and family in my life, like, donate. And they're like, get your citizenship, girl. Wow. And I was like, that was so... Like, yeah, yeah it was just really heartwarming and touching. To pay for this... What is that paying for? For the citizenship application, because it... Oh, yeah. how much does that cost? I think it was like... Uh, I think it was $700, $800, something like that at That's the time. Crazy. Yeah, it was... Yeah, it was a process for sure. What? <laughs> yeah, but I... Yeah, I became that, a citizen. Looking back, like... Mm -hmm. And going like I'm because now I'm kind of reframing some of the things you said about like working and going to school and stuff. Like, was mm -hmm. there always an underlying pain in the ass aspect of that because of like green cards or whatever that looked like? Mm, no, actually. Like, but didn't you always? I well, don't know how it was... works. Like, do you mm -hmm. have to be working in order? You know, like I guess that's a work visa, right? Yeah, that's a bit different. Works. I no, don't know how it works. So with green, yeah, with green card holders, you pretty much are just like a citizen. You just can't vote. Yeah. That was it. Which is probably why I wasn't motivated to get my green card earlier. Yeah. Or my citizenship earlier, yeah. I should say. And then rating happened. Yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> that'll, that'll do it. I guess I should do that now. <laughs> um, my final thing I'm curious about, as you mm -hmm. said, uh, probably not going to stay in Michigan. What does that look like? Uh, honestly, I fell in love with Europe and... You're going to finish your program? 
I'm definitely going to finish the program and I'll stay here to open up a private practice. Okay. Um, but your long-term goal is Europe? Maybe, possibly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Up in the air? It is. Everything is. How much longer do you have in the program? Two more years. All right. Yeah. We'll get to it. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm good. Are you good? Is there anything I didn't talk about you wanted to mention? Mm. No, I think that was good. All right. I'm going to turn this off so we can talk shit about Disney. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. But yeah, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right. You just listened to my interview with Eshtar Oraha. I love that last name and I always mess it up and I want to say it with a weird accent and go, Araha, like I just did. Is that embarrassing for me? I don't know. Hi. Um, so good to talk to her and find out so much about it. The Disney thing. I'm sorry. I know I got, <laughs> I know I got like really caught up on that. And I think I still am a little caught up on that. Cause like, cause what? Like Disney, this monumental worldwide company that people of literally all ages like pine after has to go to universities and seek out employees. I'm so confused by that. And then the fact that like, there's not really a benefit involved. I guess she did say you get free classes. I think if you wanted to, I don't know. I don't know. It was nutty. Um, but I was glad, uh, glad we got to talk, sit down and, and chat it up. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope you're enjoying season five of friend request. I'm, uh, I'm, I got, I just keep talking to more and more, um, interesting. I guess everybody I talk to is interesting, but the, uh, the people that I've been able to discuss or meet with and discuss stuff with, I, you'll, you know, you found out about Lizzie, my season opener, and, um, there's some people coming up that I'm just, I was really excited about. And, oh, I'm in my third third to last semester of grad school and like I start seeing clients in January and then I start an internship in May and then I get my license at the end of the year like it's it's all just flying by and <laughs> it's it's just crazy like I, I'm I'm very grateful and sometimes overwhelmed and just a lot of feeling, a lot of feelings and it's good. It's a good thing to, you should always feel a lot of feelings. If you find yourself not feeling a lot of feelings, you should find out what, what that's all about. Cause it's normal to feel a lot of feelings. Um, also nerd alert. Can we talk about Starfield? Is anyone playing Starfield? Holy shit. Uh, if you know video games and me have a weird relationship where I, exclusively only play two different games and do so whilst on the treadmill. It's like a boundary I set with myself. You can sit down and play video games, but you have to be on the treadmill. So I guess I can't sit down, but I walk on the treadmill and play video games. Um, and this is a new video game by the same makers of the other two games I play, Fallout and Skyrim. And wow, it is vast, but 
also dangerous because it's a little time suck and I've been playing a lot of, um, not forgiveness, almost permission because I immediately feel guilty if I want to sit down and play a video game because it's, it's such a, you know, you can't do anything else. There's nothing like you can't do anything. You can't do homework and play a video game. You can't, uh, run reports for work and play. Well, sometimes you can, but you can't, there's not a lot you can do while playing a video game. So it feels like it's a waste of time because it's not checking boxes in like the productive column, you know? And even Erica, my wife is just like, it's, you're, it's good. You're fine. Like it's cool. You know, like I'm not, uh, playing it like I'm 22 and have zero responsibilities. So, you know, if I want to check out and play a game for a couple hours, um, that's okay. And that's very difficult for me to accept. That said, check it out if you are a fan of um, any of Bethesda's games, which is Fallout or Elder Scrolls, because this is the new one and it's amazing. But that's it. That's Nerd Corner. New segment of the show I'll never do again. Um, all right. I'll talk to you guys next week. I love you so much. Okay, bye-bye.